Welcome back to our listeners. Well, this week's update is that my first grader is now off from school for the rest of the academic year. So yeah, I'll be sending out perfumes, writing podcasts, and homeschooling for the next four months at least. To that end, I'm definitely wanting more adult interaction. So I started a private Facebook group called Potions and Paperbacks with Immortal Perfumes. If you'd like to join, the link is in the show notes, and it's basically a monthly virtual book club, and it's a group to share all things history, literature, and perfume, if you're into that sort of thing. Our first book is Wife After Wife by Olivia Hayfield, and the discussion will happen in the group on May 13th. And side note here, I posted about this on Instagram, and the author, Olivia Hayfield, actually commented, and you should see my response because I have zero chill. I was so excited. Okay, shifting gears completely, let's get to today's topic in our Madame Tussauds series, Madame Tussauds Chamber of Horrors. Slight trigger warning for this episode. I think it's pretty light, but this deals with murder and executions, so there's a few gory details. As we discussed last week, the precursor to the Chamber of Horrors was her mentor, Dr. Curtius's Caverne du Grand Volure, Cave of the Great Thieves. This was in the late 1700s and featured famous criminals of the day. They would depict in absolutely gruesome detail famous murderers, or they would feature the execution of the perpetrators. Now, during the French Revolution, Marie's work turned traumatic and morbid. She had to cast the heads of her famous former friends, including the Princess du Lambeau and Marie Antoinette herself. But remember, those are her claims, not substantiated. That's just what she wrote in her memoir. When she went to England in 1802, at first she had all these gory wax figures all together in the same room. This was a problem when she added Colonel Edward Marcus Despard along with King George III. Despard had been executed on charges of high treason for a plot to kill the king and seize the Bank of England and the Tower of London. People were shocked and offended that he would be in the same room as the king, you know, even though it's all wax. So Marie added what became known as the separate room and put all the gruesome figures in there. And it wasn't just famous people who were murderers or who had been murdered. Part of the purpose of the room was to show methods of execution across the world. But because of her experience during the revolution and the terror and the fact that she had a, you know, working guillotine, purportedly the one that ended Marie Antoinette, people were more than willing to pay the additional sixpence charge to see the separate room. I think it's easy to see why the room would be popular. To this day, people love slasher movies and true crime podcasts. This was just the 1800s version of that. In addition to Despard and all the victims of the French Revolution, during Marie's day, one of the most popular depictions in the Chamber of Horrors was that of the Scottish murderers Burke and Hare. Burke and Hare worked together to kill 16 people because doctors needed the cadavers for medical research. Burke was hanged, and ironically, his body donated to medical research, and his skeleton and skin are still preserved. Hare, on the other hand, was able to escape in disguise. So yeah, that was the popular exhibit. There were way more male murderers in the exhibition, but I'm going to focus on some of the ladies because, you know, women are always more interesting. First up, we've got Mary Ann Colt. You've probably heard her story before, or at least elements of it, but she poisoned three of her four husbands with arsenic to collect insurance money and may have also killed 11 of her 13 children, also with arsenic. She was hanged, but since her neck didn't break which they think someone deliberately made her noose too short, she died of strangulation, which was way worse. The last murderess at Madame Tussauds, at least during Marie's time there, was a servant named Marie Manning. She and her husband killed her lover and were both hanged. 
One of the 20,000 people present at her execution was our old friend Charles Dickens, who based a character on Marie Manning in his novel Bleak House. And just a side note, if you're new here, we have a whole fun series on Charles Dickens, so be sure not to miss those episodes. Okay, now this whole time, the separate room is kind of this spooky side attraction to the main wax museum. It was kind of like, hey, after you visit the museum, check this out if you're brave enough. Then, in 1843, Marie actually began advertising it and for the first time referred to it as the Chamber of Horrors. People ate that up. Over the next few decades, it reached its peak of popularity. Marie herself died in 1850, but in the 1870s, her grandsons ended up buying the infamous gallows that had hanged so many of their depicted murderers. Unlike with horror mazes today, the Tussauds were actually very interested in creating realistic tableaus. Marie Tussaud thought of herself as something of a historian and felt strongly about getting it right. In fact, they never made a waxwork of Jack the Ripper for the chamber because no one knew what he looked like, and that went against Marie Tussaud's ethos. Instead, he was depicted as a shadow. Over the years, the Chamber of Horrors featured many famous villains, such as Hitler and Vlad the Impaler. Guy Fawkes was also a popular exhibit. But after close to 200 years of operation, the Chamber of Horrors was finally discontinued by Madame Tussauds in 2016 because there were mounting complaints about the appropriateness of the exhibits. Instead, the separate room now is called the Sherlock Holmes Experience, which makes sense. A little more PG way of showing grisly crime. Well, that's all I have for you on Madame Tussaud. Verified facts of her life are a bit light, so we're going to end with her here. If you'd like to join our virtual book club or share some funny history memes or articles on books and literature, join the Facebook group. It's called Potions and Paperbacks with Immortal Perfumes, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Join me next week for a historical Shakespeare special. (laughs) 